0: Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 637. Super Nintendo's. I forgot to call you that, so please forgive me. I am your host, Seth Macy. Today, we are joined by Travis Northup. Hello there. Industry legend, Cat Bailey. Hi, Seth. And the anchorman, because he's anchoring that table in the studio, Air Schneider. Welcome. Bear yeah. really
1: Burgundy right over here, except he's wearing green it's a sweater (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) very very handsome sweater uh sonic frontiers is a good 3d sonic game and we have the review and the reviewer to prove it that's that's why travis is here uh we are also going to dive into everyone's favorite subject nintendo financial numbers which yes I (laughs) i absolutely go bananas for balance sheets specifically how many nintendo switch consoles have been sold it's a lot spoiler alert we also take your questions and generally just have a nice time so Let's get right into it and see what is new. Kat, you are the executive editor of news at IGN. You are in charge of covering all the news. Wow. Including something like uh, the Indie World Showcase that happened yesterday.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, there was an Indie World Showcase. Uh, well, Sports Story has a release date, finally. It had been previously Woo! delayed. So, that uh, it was actually a pretty slim pickings for the most part. We learned about Rogue Legacy we saw a few other games uh inscription is coming to the nintendo switch if you're not familiar with inscription it was a real indie darling Mm -hmm. last year a lot of a lot of the cool kids were saying that it was their game of the year it's a roguelike deck builder quite pretty uh but very different than you would normally expect from that kind of genre so that's coming to nintendo switch Great fit for it. So uh, that, those were the main highlights, I think, of the Indie World Showcase. Yeah, I liked
2: um, So, Oh, God, I don't have the list of games in front of me. But there there's some cool puzzle games, like a little to the left, like organization game. There's that uh, the game where you basically organize the Resident Evil inventory screen, um, that one, which I know everybody loved doing. That. I know it's so funny. They turned that into a game. It's, it came out on PC earlier in the year. I already had um, that. It's
0: called Tetris.
2: There, is that, there was that. Unpacking. There was that. I thought the uh, the game where you like drilling underground looked really cool. There, there were a couple of really. This is a little to the left. If you're watching the show, you can see it here. It basically, is oh my God. organizing things by size and shape, and like looking whether something's nicked on one side or not, and then oh, you get right man. in. It. I love it's, it so much. It looks really cute. But there were a lot of really cool um, narrative adventure games, like Dodonia. Doud- the the like the kind of French countryside, like watercolor looking game looked really cool. But we all know the real hero of that presentation is Sports Story, of course. of yeah. course. And yes. um, yeah, that game. That game missed. I, if you've played Golf Story, you know it, it was a kind of cute. RPG sports themed RPG with fun mini games that, you know, as you played it more, it kind of ran out of steam because it felt like you were doing the same thing over and over. And Sports Story, when it was announced, promised to fix that by having lots of different sports challenges, um, you know, not just golf. Um, and then, you know, adding a little bit more of that sort of harvest moon town flair to it. And they really expanded it. Like the the trailer shows um, you know it runs a little choppy i hope it will look better in the end but like uh, it shows lots of activities it is a full-fledged rpg at this point isn't it
1: that's great because i don't really like golf so okay. i'm more excited <laughs>
2: about the other sports i don't like i'm not a golf guy either but golf story was just really fun it was just a, a cool kind of you know classic adventure game you know because it didn't really have I, and I don't know how deep the RPG systems here are either, but it's about running quests and chores, so a little Animal Crossing, but then actual action challenges that were fun to play. So, um, you know, like this golf and all that stuff. And this new one has uh, has every sport's ever invented, it looks like.
0: Every sport yeah. ever invented. I lie. Me-
2: if, if you get, I don't know if 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 it ever came to the West, but when I um, on the super super Nintendo, there was um, a Nushitsuri, It was called. It was a Legend of the River King. I think some of the Game, ba- game Boy versions came out here. Yeah, which was a fishing mm. adventure game. So like you explored ranchers and and then you went and caught fish and like this really reminds me of that.
1: What I've learned is that you can turn anything into an RPG. Totally, You'd probably have it be really yeah. really enjoyable.
2: Yeah, there's a. Uh, was it a prop, uh, a, a, a comedy uh, game that was shown, right? Where you're um, uh, where were you doing improv comedy or you know play as a jester? And then there was, uh, you know, to your point, there was there was another simulation. Oh, yeah, like game development. They basically turned game development into an RPG and adventure game again. So yeah. I thought the variety of games on display was really cool. There were few that, uh, yeah, this is Jester. Yes. Um, there were few that, you know, I think are looking like, like instantly hit us as must-have titles. But I think these are also clever and playful. The proof is in actually, you know, trying these games.
1: Is there an indie yeah. game that you're especially looking forward to? right now because i i have one in mind that i'm really looking forward to in 2023
2: um well you know whenever the next steam world um is coming which we know there's one in the works there's another one make steam
1: world heist 2 and i will be there day and date
2: heist is cool too but i'm i'm you know dig is at the top of the list always
1: i'm really looking forward to sea of stars okay yes yeah just chrono trigger but it's from the people no that
2: looks great yeah and then I'm, uh, the other one for me is a Horizon Chase. It came out on uh, on iPhone already on on Android and iPhone, I think. Uh, but the Switch version comes next year. That's going to be great.
0: Oh, there it is. You're watching the video. You get to see the delightful. Oh man, yeah, it looks great. Oh. So pretty. Yeah. It's Travis, are you excited for uh, for anything from the Indie World Showcase?
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I like Jester. I mm-hmm. I did comedy professionally for a number really? of years. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that say game... something funny <laughs> yeah. right <now.
0: laughs>
3: uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's uh, that game looked really cool. And then Inscription. I'm one of those quote cool kids who who really liked Inscription last yeah, year. Yeah. I saw
1: you kind of doing. Yeah, little Yeah. That game.
3: I just it wasn't. A, it, it's really not what you think it is. You know. You go in expecting one thing, and then the game sort of changes on you which is really cool so um i i really like that game and i'm definitely going to play it again on the switch because it's awesome i didn't play
2: i didn't play that one um quite good you should play it i feel i feel bad because we we didn't give all the the names for the games here but obviously pepper grinder was the dinging game that looks really cool that's like my number two pick after sports story is that the one with the organization no the pepper grinder is like you have like a little drill and it's like almost kind of like the the drilling sections from classic mario games where you can go in all directions gotcha. and, and uh, you know has some momentum where you can jump out it's a cool looking little platformer uh, dodonya we talked about space for unbound that's an indonesian game looks really cool once upon a jester is this one yeah the nice. the improv one yeah that one looks cool and uh, there was what was the other one good what goodbye world Aka which looks a little bit like tunic but not stressful like it's a it's with the uh, the red <laughs> panda right um that one looked cute too Blank uh, is a, is a co-op game with black and white uh, graphics. I th- I think it was there was some really cool stuff. There was a uh, there was a an Indian cooking game, South Indian cooking game too, huh. right? Like a like a adventure game with some cooking challenges and stuff.
1: What's the name of the digging game again? Deep pepper pepper grinder. Pepper grinder. Pepper grinder. Pepper grinder. That looks yeah. really good.
2: I think that looks really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, a little to the left is the organization game. Um, and then they showed a whole bunch of stuff. They had, um, they had a little, little, uh, little clip show and that's where they sh- showed inscription. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, I, I liked it. Um, but you know, with a lot of indie games, um, you, you, you gotta try and see what, what's, what's in there. Like the concepts always sound really, really cool and crazy. So,
1: and Nintendo yeah. has a little bit of a problem now. I this is not a new thing, but there are so many games in the eShop at this point, and there's so much garbage that it's hard to find you know, surface really good games.
2: Yeah, what happened in the, in the App Store happened in, on Switch, right? Where there are games that are designed to catch your attention by having an icon that looks similar to a game that you love, right? (laughs) Like this happens all the time and they're discounted steeply. So they get in the top 10 and then, you know, they sell well. So there's a lot of that sort of eShop spam now, but I feel like the games that they showed here all looked like really creative projects. So um, I think they did a nice job.
0: Yeah, and I would recommend, you know, following Tom Marks on social media. That's right. He's played, he played all these games uh, when Mm -hmm. they were on Steam, probably. Um, Even the ones that haven't come out, Tom already knows about them. Has beat them. Uh, has a lot to say about them.
1: That's you know. what a good reviews editor does, doesn't? Mm-hmm. It, doesn't yep. it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's great. I, I've been playing a, a little indie game uh, by the name of uh, Marvel Snap. Yes. Actually, Cat, really? I wanted to say that that was a welcome piece of cat vice to play that game. Nice. Also, House of the Dragon you recommended, and I was not going to watch it. That's not a game until you said it was good. And <laughs> it really that, is. That a... show was amazing.
1: <laughs> It really but, uh, is
0: a cat vice at this do point. Do and or
2: next if you're watching stuff. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, I haven't gotten to that. We're, we're almost done with House of the Dragon. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was going to be good because, first of all, the last season and a half of um, Game of Thrones was so bad. And also I tried to watch Rings of Power, which everyone was really into, and I hated it uh, a lot, and I didn't even make it through one episode. But House wow. of the Dragon, every wow. episode just keeps getting better. and I got a lot to say about Rings of Power that I'm not going to right now. Yeah. Marvel Snap i took it off my phone because i spent prop <laughs> most of saturday lying on the couch just playing marvel snap and i didn't accomplish anything and it made me feel bad <laughs> but it is still i think my game of the year it wow. is wow. absolutely incredible mechanically i praise um, the hook the i i think even without the marvel license if this were just you know a, a game that had uh, an original ip attached to the cards it would still be amazing but the fact that you get to collect i didn't i wanted a venom card that was part of the reason i kept playing but i didn't get up to that high of a collector level i'm at 167 for collector level i think he's still yeah no i had to stop so now we need
2: a switch version so you no longer have to feel bad about playing it (laughs) Right.
0: <laughs> yes i would rather play it on switch and then you know then yeah. i can say that it was work. it's for work it worked yeah. all weekend yep. yeah. Seeing, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> seeing
1: this seeing this b rolls just making me want to play right now absolutely yeah,
0: yeah so what, what uh
3: what strategy are you using seth Have we got a movement deck destruction what, what do you what do i you
0: do? don't see that was the other thing i was starting to think of oh i need to start youtubing some strategies here but then that i was like no i'm in too deep if i do that but what i was doing was they were um the the clone bay was uh, coming up more often than usual, so I was using man. Nova yeah. and Wolverine and cloning them, and then I would throw Carnage in there, and he would destroy those, and then they would you know power up all my other cards, and then I could just keep doing that you know through the six turns, and most of the time it uh, I would win the uh, win the match through that strategy. But also everyone started to adopt that strategy, and then everyone started to adopt. Counter strategies, that which I noticed. Um, so I had to abandon it, but no, I had I I, like I can't control myself with this game, which is why (laughs) I made I removed it from my life. And uh, it is I'm going through some withdrawals, cat I'm like, you, I'm watching this, this B roll. I'm like, mm,
1: yeah, I'm at at like 320 for a collection level now at this point. And the new season came out, I bought the season pass. So I, I've been mostly running a, I, you know, a kazoo deck, which should be like zoo plus Kezar. And then I got an ebony maw, which, uh, and then I've also been running a, um, what was it? I, I don't know. I've been trying out a lot of different things. Oh, a dino, a dino deck. Dino decks are still my
3: deck. OP. In yeah. pool two. Yeah. yeah. I pulled it up to see what my collection Heartland. level is.
1: 557 yeah. very good yeah Woo. You're ahead I mean, what, by what rank are you are you in gold platinum? i'm
2: in gold now yeah yeah
1: i'm almost to gold again
2: I'm, yeah you know. yeah i know travis i never know where in what pocket dimension you find the time to play all this stuff because didn't you review like <laughs> xenoblade for us yeah too? And, yeah, yeah like, that was, it, was a 150 hour game
3: yeah. you
0: don't sleep do you <laughs> i don't
3: sleep no i just play <laughs> games and i was actually well, playing it on the way here so there you go nice Marvel snap
0: yeah. It's great game. Uh, Jada was like 937. Well, She's been playing week. since beta, what? though. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. So, that's... yeah, she must be at like...
1: She's been 9, giving all these crazy pull three strats, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll <laughs> see that in six months. <laughs> They're always a bigger fish, man. Yeah. Somebody, that's
3: crazy.
0: <laughs> this year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals, so I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your I did uh, you know, after I removed Marvel Snap, I didn't stop playing games altogether because I just reviewed the Sega Genesis Mini Two, which I believe the review is live right now. Ooh, I, I gave it an eight, which is great.
2: I got mine yesterday in the mail. I haven't I haven't hooked it up yet.
0: I, it's so much littler than I was expecting. I mean, yeah, your tiny. parents will help you hook it up. It's it is quite minuscule. And uh that is a good little system, in spite of the fact that there is a fair number of real bad games, yeah. <laughs> games on it. It doesn't matter because the stuff that M2 did, as far as just translating games or not translating but porting games that were never on Genesis and adding the sprite scaling to Space Harrier and also throwing Space Harrier One on there as well, making Fantasy Star Two have an easy mode, which is awesome and amazing. Like it's just, it's just a delight. My one complaint was that it didn't differentiate itself enough from the original. As far as the ui is concerned mm. but you know what it's fun it's great if you can get one which you can only buy from amazon japan i recommend it
2: <laughs> yeah and just to be clear it's it amazon japan fulfills you see st- you can you it's still an american english language yes. version it's just that because of the lower numbers that they're cranking out for this thing they didn't set up uh, us distribution so they, they they'll um send it from manufacturing in japan uh, yes. and you can you can order through uh, through their website
0: it's um you can yeah. order through uh, amazon us yes. actually yeah and but and so. then
2: fulfilled by japan but yeah look it, it looked really cool to me because of the attention and care given to these games yeah. and you know you're getting sonic cd and uh weird obscure sega cd games like the mansion
1: but like Puffle mail
0: and all that stuff so
1: there were several games that i saw <laughs> that were exclusive to the japanese
2: release that yes, yes
0: there are a lot me. of games that are not on the U.S. Mm-hmm. That are only on the Japanese version, which is a bummer.
2: Yeah, oh. like anything they didn't actually localize for release here. But then well, they did. They did put some games in uh, that didn't exist. <laughs> like yes. the Puyo Versus exactly. game that, that that never came out on Genesis so or on Mega no, Drive. No, Super so, Locomotive
0: yeah. and Spatter are the other two games. Spatter, that yeah, port. that never came out. It just made Genesis ports of these arcade, you know, early '80s arcade games. I want to say that one of the things that I found a little surprising and disappointing was with the case of the TurboGrafx 16 which I also also reviewed um you did get all the Japanese mm. games on there when you switched language settings it just was the uh the PC engine.
1: Yeah, I think so, that's the best mini console. Oh, that's right really
0: Yeah, cool. it absolutely is. Uh, I I think it sets the gold standard <laughs> plus when you load a CD It makes a little CD spin sound. Oh my god! How bad is Night Trap? I've played Night Trap. Night Trap is so bad. I've never played Night Trap. My god, Super Shark! It's
2: it's it's like you're never sure if you're doing what the game wants you to do or not, right? In Night Trap, I'm like, am I supposed to press now? And then it's like a horribly acted sequence.
0: Oh, it's so the acting is um, is. Almost as bad as the acting in the original Resident how, Evil. How, how far oh, we've come.
2: That, that game almost brought down the games industry because people <laughs> thought this would ruin our children. And any children yeah. playing this be like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what a mansion. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, it's weird that we went so hard on full motion video there for <sighs> a little while in the game industry. Bad, bad but, oh, there's Echo Dolphin. Uh, Echo Jams, Classic. of course, Sega by Chuck CD. Burson. This is the very first Vaporwave album. Of all time. So mm-hmm. that's a very important video she, game.
1: Did you all see that away. Analog uh, did one final run of the Analog Mega Drive uh,
0: just uh, recently? No, I didn't see yeah, that.
1: It's probably sold out at this point. I thought yeah. briefly about picking one up because, I mean, Analog makes really it's great so co- yeah. uh, clone yes. consoles and with the HDMI and everything. Uh, that's an alternative to this. It's more of a premium kind of thing. But then I. Sat back and I thought I was like I was not ever much of a, a Sega person growing mm, up mm-hmm. like um, maybe maybe mm. for people in my cohort like you're either a Nintendo or a Sega and I was firmly on the Nintendo side of things so i don't have a lot of genesis nostalgia
0: sadly Yeah,
2: i'm, I'm in the same yeah. boat I, I was a hardcore nintendo fan during that era but always loved sega in the arcades like we'd go out at night and, and hit arcades and just play virtual racing and later daytona and all of that stuff and uh so I always had a soft spot for their core games and then obviously once uh you know, I, I really enjoyed playing uh, playing Sonic on the on, a, on the Genesis. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to hook this up this weekend and play around with it. I, it, I know Shining the impact too. is lessened a little yeah. bit because we do have some of these games on the Switch as yeah, part of our subscription, um, but not the CD games. So, and I sold my my Sega CD um, way back in the '90s.
0: You just reminded me. My brother, who I am cursing right now, he sent me a picture the other day. He's like, look what uh, my friend got me at the town dump. And it was a Sega CD hmm. and a Sega Model 2 Wow! That someone had thrown away oh. with a bunch of games and the, uh, the 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 light zapper, the Genesis light zapper, which name's escaping me. And he just gave his friend some money for it. And now he has uh, the Sega CD, uh, the second revision of it, because wow. he's a jerk and I hate him. But he's it- also the same one who got a, a, an Apple Lisa out of the dump but do, seriously
1: so. we've had so many genesis collections and two Sen- sega genesis mini consoles we need a saturn or a dreamcast version a dreamcast. and i know saturn's really hard but boy dreamcast what, is even harder what i wouldn't give for a dreamcast collection or something like that yeah was like soul Calibur and stuff on it be amazing sonic adventure 2 yep i agree
0: i remember when dreamcast came out And I was like, I have no interest in it. I'm going to spend my money on a PlayStation 2 when that comes out instead. And I don't know why. I just didn't do both. I could have done both. I could have drank fewer beers, but... I oh, love wow. the
2: Dreamcast. Whenever you mention the name, I instantly get like this raucous Samba de Amigo soundtrack playing in my head. And, and remember that I still have two sets of maracas at home somewhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wired ones. That, that was a good time. That was, that you was. know, like it was Guitar Hero before Guitar Hero. It was so good.
1: Crazy Taxi. <laughs> oh,
2: Crazy Taxi. Yeah,
1: yeah, that soundtrack. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm?
0: Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Take me to the Levi's store. <laughs> 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 good game. Go. Yep. That, that was a launch title too uh travis you've been playing a little something for us specifically as uh, us being ign um sonic frontiers you reviewed the new good 3d sonic game you said it was a delightfully weird and experimental evolution of the sonic games so many of us grew up with and it feels like a very promising first attempt at what could be a bright new era for sonic and friends now you have a history with Sonic, correct?
3: I do. Yeah, it was one of my first video games.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So my question for you then is, Sonic Two is the best one, right?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Answer uh, carefully. Pr- probably,
3: but I guess my personal favorite is actually the first Sonic the Hedgehog game because okay. it was, oh, it was wow. like one of the first ones I ever played, and I like. I think cried over trying to beat that game as like a very small boy. Oh, wow. Like I got to beat this game. You uh, know? Did you so. beat it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I beat it. Well done. Yeah, and then was, you your career
1: true. as a game reviewer began. That's right. That yeah, <laughs> you passed the
3: test. Yeah, my my two early gauntlets were the original Sonic the Hedgehog and the Lion King game for the oh, Nintendo. Man. Oh I beat, really I beat that really game hard too. too. I beat that wow. game as a kid. I, I think like that was the first game that actually made were me, you me and break Casey down. You easy to
1: free this. Yeah, yeah.
3: That was like I was like that was my that was the original Dark Souls for me, and now. <laughs> now I'm a big Souls-like player. That was the, the. I
1: can't wait to be king. Truly is the, yeah. the swamp. Of I, I the still era.
3: I can still play that level without like even thinking because I got so good at playing through it because it's one of the earlier levels.
2: But That I, one, oh God, yeah. that where you had yeah. to the jump monkeys over are the throwing you and stuff. stuff. Oh, and yeah, yeah, It's so, the collision detection is yeah. so bad on that. Like, I could do that level in my sleep.
3: Uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I really love Sonic and I've played pretty much every Sonic game throughout the years uh, and um, this one I was really excited about. It looked really cool and so getting to review it was awesome. Thank you, Mitchell Saltzman for being too busy to review it. He did all of our previous Oh
0: page. yeah, Mitchell, <laughs> Oh, by the way, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daddy Mitchell kill. now has a yeah. little baby. That's Daddy right. Mitchell,
2: super yeah. happy. So, for him. is uh, how would you describe this game? Yeah. Because it's a little bit of Sonic yes. Adventure. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit like classic Sonic, but also aspirationally has that breath of the wild openness to it. Like obviously the pieces don't quite match up. Yeah. It kind of reminds
3: me more than uh, breath of the wild of Pokemon legends Arceus. Okay. It Mm. reminds me of that because it's sort of like their first attempt at it. And Arceus, I think a lot of people would agree. Like the idea is like, Oh great. You're finally changing up the formula. You're doing some really cool stuff, but they didn't get a lot of the, you know, details correct. And so I kind of draw that parallel with Sonic frontiers because you know, On its surface, it's like, oh, finally, we're Sonic in an open world running around at the speed of sound and just, like, doing crazy stuff and pulling off stunts, which, personally, for me, is, like, what I've always wanted. It's, like, the open world version of Sonic Adventures, which is great. But then they also just stuff every single, like sonic idea they could into the game like there's 2d levels and 3d traditional levels that you do like time trials and you collect the red uh rings and that sort of stuff uh and then there's you know like random references there's one part where you play a sonic pinball level from the old sonic <laughs> pinball game from genesis like there's just so many like weird things that they just threw in the game and you're kind of like i love this even when like i would say probably 40 percent of the ideas they throw out there are just like dumb and they don't work you know just like like the the some of the mini games are like really just like okay i don't know why they put this in here the 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 puzzles are really like simple and kind of just yeah, you know, like they could have just skipped it. Like there's a DDR game where you kind of like are jumping on pads and a jump rope mini game where you have to jump rope. And it's, I'm like, OK, I don't
2: know why they put this all it's in It's a here. Sega game. Yeah. I mean like if you yeah. – like, Super Monkey Ball has monkeys and balls, but it has monkeys doing all sorts of stuff. Exactly. It, right? like, yeah. They can't help themselves.
3: Exactly. And so I, I kind of feel like they just didn't say no to anything. And in that kind of like – that spirit is so amazing to me because I feel like not a lot of games try that anymore, right? Like not a lot of games right. have kind of just the the bravery to be like, we're just going to put it all in. Let's say yeah. yes to everything. There's no bad ideas. Um, and, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. But the way I, I view this game is I think it's just like it's a very good first draft and i'm really i really 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 hope they stick with this formula and just refine it because i think the sequel could be a 10 out of 10 game like if they got some of the details right
2: let me ask you did did you play uh ratchet and clank rift rift apart yeah there was a later level that where i felt like oh my god this is sonic
0: right there was an
2: open world level where you get the jet shoes or whatever and you just like zooming around i'm like please Sega just make this Is, right. does does it feel similar or does it feel
3: different it feels very different from yeah. that I would say probably like the open world stuff feels very Sonic Adventure in some regards but it also just has like a uh a, I, I don't even know how to describe this game. There's another thing I, I couldn't talk about in my review because there's I wasn't a allowed. Game? Yeah, there's a fishing mini game. Yes, yes, with uh, big yes. The, with the cat is there. Uh, and, oh my um, god, I can't wait to play this. Yeah, time. NBC's <laughs> favorite <laughs> Sonic friend. You guys should definitely play it. And it, What's funny is the fishing mini game is like way lopsided in its importance. Like you can you can play the fishing <laughs> mini game and basically skip like huge parts of the campaign wow. because the fishing mini game gives you so many resources <laughs> that you could just be like, I don't want to do any Sonic levels. I'm just gonna fish and then just fish your way through oh, the game. But on
2: the, on the other hand, you also have to f- fish.
3: Exactly. Yeah, it's not a very good fishing minigame. <laughs> hey, mini there game. are a lot of people who so, are just like, I just want to play fishing yeah. mini game. Yeah, you see, it's, it's uh, not a very yeah. good fishing minigame, but it, it's just the fact that it's in the game just cracks you up. You can see here if you're watching a video that like some of the combat sequences also just make you do like weird mini games and stuff like that. So just like every part of it, like there were probably 20 times while reviewing the game where I was just like, I cannot believe they put this in the game. <laughs> it's
1: oh, man. just crazy. What was the craziest so thing that you couldn't believe was um, in the game?
3: What was the craziest thing? Uh, I mean, the pinball one I bring up because it, it gets me. It might, it, might, it, it might be fishing, though. It might yeah. be the fact that when I saw the fishing, I kind of like put the controller down and I went, OK, like, what, <laughs> what, what <laughs> am I doing? <laughs> what is this? Um, I, but I actually I, I'm going to change my answer because there's one thing I couldn't talk about in the review that I think I could talk about now that the embargo is lifted, which is um, the, the thing I didn't expect them to put in the game most is the boss fights. There's boss fights in the game, and I didn't show them in my review. I don't want to spoil them for people, but they are some of the most like weird, unsonic like, did not see it coming. There's four of them in the game, and every time you get to one, you're just like, dude, is this, am I playing Dragon Ball Z? Like, what is happening right now? It just is so crazy. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it's really, really over the top. Is it good, crazy, or or is it like, I would say the the boss fights are probably one of the things that work. Like, it's one of the better Mm. things. So, yeah. Um, There's some parts of it, like, uh, even during the boss fights, where I was like, they have problems with camera angles and it's just everything about this game, it lacks polish, but it does so in such a, like, carefree, like, childlike wonder way (laughs) that I just kind of forgive a lot of it and just, like, I, I... you know, I, I really do think if they built on this and made a sequel, it could be just like a fantastic game. Right here, uh, if you're watching a video that we're, uh, this is the part where I talk about some of the technical problems, which is another issue. And if you you're listening to a Nintendo podcast, so I'm assuming you're going to get this on the Switch. It runs not great. And it especially runs not great on the Switch. It's yeah. the platform it runs Aww. worst on. And so I was playing it on the PS5. That was the review platform. And even on that one, it struggles. It has like really, really bad visual really? pop-in in the open world. Mm. Um, and, and I think it's 100% an optimization problem. They just, again, they throw so much stuff in the game. I feel like the game couldn't handle the fact that you go so fast and there's so many items and objects and characters in the world. So Yeah,
2: look, there's a reason when you play games like Tomb Raider or God of War that ev- eventually a character will get to a crack in a wall and shimmy yeah. through really slowly because yep. they don't want to have to draw the entire world behind it exactly. or load the entire world behind it and like with Sonic they just went like
3: Meh. Yep. <laughs> yeah it's, it's so it's so funny cuz you can tell right away what parts of the game like uh, they were having trouble with cuz if you're in one of the 2D or 3D self-contained levels perfect performance mm-hmm. there's no hitches there's no pop-in it just runs perfectly but then when you're out in the open world you're like oh boy yeah. like they're because they're just loading everything and the, the game also has a problem where the longer you play the faster you get because you level up it kind of has RPG mechanics to it and so when you get really fast later in the game the pop-in is like even worse because it's just like you're going so fast I
2: was looking at a bunch of footage um, uh, that we captured and, and Sega provided um, on off the switch version because I was trying to decide like is the portable factor enough for me to forgive and like the the big one for me is the drop from 60 to 30 frames per second on the yeah. on the switch. Yeah. If you're watching this, we saw footage from from Travis's review which um was the PlayStation version. PlayStation
3: right? 5 and almost all the footage I used was in the 60 fps mode. Yeah. the 30 fps mode immediately feels wrong. It yeah. doesn't feel right for yeah. the fa- for the speed so, of the game.
2: So take yeah. that into consideration like when you're on the go and you see games like this on the small screen, everything looks m- much much better, but if you are primarily playing on the big screen, obviously, you so know on, on PC consideration right? it's on pc as well, well then yeah. steam deck maybe exactly it Ooh. would be a great option for the steam
3: deck um mm-hmm. probably and it, it does run better on on pc but it actually Still has really bad pop in on PC too. Yeah. So well, uh, there yeah.
1: was a lot of speculation early on that this was sort of a tech demo that they pitched and got mm. greenlit, and they're like, okay, well, how do we make this a game? And it f-
3: it feels like it was either in development hell, and this is just sort of what fell out of it, or <laughs> they were just like, you know what, we don't really know how to make a good Sonic game anymore. Let's just throw it's every idea we have at the kitchen sink game. Just right? throw
1: it. it's like throw it in. It'll like flesh it out. We gotta flesh the yeah, scene out. Yeah, but weirdly
2: yeah. it works, and it's one of my but favorite. To me, Sonic that's games so Sega, though, right? Like yeah. this exactly. is the company that made a fishing controller for the Dreamcast and gave us <laughs> right. bass fishing, yeah. right? And so <laughs> oh, having this, game. Game, it's almost like Smash Brothers, like having little pieces of the history in there. Yeah, and, yes. yeah
3: I, I think it is like a perfectly Sonic game, and uh, if you just love Sonic, like you're gonna absolutely love this game, and I adore it, even though it has so many shortcomings. Um, I, I could, I could see myself playing it more and i probably will on a on a different platform so
0: nice oh i just saw a giant robot from (laughs) i was gonna say it's one of the beasts from breath of the wild there you go if they ever actually
1: make a truly great sonic game i'm not just like not just a good Sonic game or a like, well, if you see past the flaws, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. They ever make a truly great 3d Sonic watch out. Cause I think the internet will break. I mm-hmm. do too. Yes. Like
3: I, I, I just please Sega, please don't give up on this idea. Like I, I want them to make a sequel to this. Cause I honestly believe it could be like a masterpiece level. Like Sonic is back golden era. But
1: I, why? Like what, what, what is it missing? Yeah. Is it just the polish and the execution? And what is the idea That gets it so close to 10 out of 10. Yeah,
3: I think the idea is just like the A, the ambition and B, just the whole like weird, you know, unabashed, just like strangeness and crazy stuff they put in. Because to your point, Pair, like that's super Sega, right? And and, and I think that 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 is something they should aspire to. The stuff it's missing is like, rather than throwing everything in there, I would like them to just focus maybe like... 40% 40% more on making the stuff you do better. Like if they had flushed out the fishing mini game and some of the uh, stuff that you do for uh, mini boss fights, that's, that's another one where a lot of those, you, you repeat them multiple times and some of them are kind of, eh, and some of them are great. Uh, and so it's really just like the, the kitchen sink approach that they took. A lot of what's in the sink isn't good, but if they, if they worked a little bit more on making the stuff that's in there a little better, a little polished, and then worked on the performance stuff, it would be such, such a good game. Um, And so, yeah, i I really enjoyed my time with it. Um,
0: I'll definitely play it. You should. Yeah, I'm very excited. Some of my, seven is like my favorite score for for games (laughs) because if I have any interest in them and it's a seven, like for, I don't know why it works out this way. Like, I think we gave the original Bravely Default a seven and I loved Bravely Default. So that's like the one that immediately springs to mind. And everything that you said about Sonic Frontiers is just—I'm so excited to play it now tonight. Um, yeah. I have a confession: I'm playing it on Xbox. Please don't <gasps> tell the audience. Yeah, Leave that out red. That's at thirty-two fifty-nine. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just like and
1: uh, like re- redacted. You know. Yeah.
0: So that was Sonic Frontiers. It's a seven. You should play it. It sounds ridiculous. I am very excited to play and then talk about it next week now we're going to talk about what i promise at the top of the show that i'm most excited about and that is nintendo's balance sheet we're going to see how <laughs> much revenue they generated from overseas with taxes and the strength of the yen against the american dollar i don't know if any of that's no, true no that's not what, what really matters what everyone is always excited about i don't know why We're so excited about this, but it is exciting. 114 million Nintendo Switch consoles have been sold lifetime to this point. So that is, that is what? that is the number two console of all time yeah, yeah I, game boy right
3: it's a lot of mario
0: yeah
2: i uh I, we have we actually a have a, a chart red if you if you can bring that one up that shows where it ranks now Look at that. um so it's been ranking okay. ahead of the playstation already um for for a while but it's now knocking at the the door for playstation 4 obviously playstation 4 is still selling as well so it's not just right. going to magically overtake it and this 117 million units sold for playstation 4 is not up to date they haven't released a new number yet but for those just listening the top selling console of all time is the PS2 with 159 million, followed by Nintendo DS with 154, Game Boy 119, PlayStation 4 117, and then the Switch 114 just behind the PlayStation 4 and ahead of the regular PlayStation with 102. So, that's significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are yeah, big numbers.
0: Beating the original 101 PlayStation. million more than the Wii U. Yep. Which is Absolutely.
2: And remember, the Nintendo DS had to get into that hundred fifty hundred fifty four million at a lower price in a different era. Um remember it, iPhone App Store happened in yeah. two thousand four or something and then the world changed forever, right? Um but also with many more iterations. Yes. You know, light yes. and D S I and all that. Years. We're on the OLED. Yeah. So um the switch with its next iteration is probably going to get rolled into the switch number and there's no way it's not going to it's not going to be up in the in the top three yeah yep
1: i wonder I don't, will it pass the ps2 that
0: was I what i was so. going to say it, th- i don't think playstation 2 will ever be beat and i yes. think the reason is because it was also everyone's dvd, DVD player. player yeah yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I, I think the switch. It depends on what happens
2: with the unit. If Nintendo keeps yeah. iterating it and upgrading it, it's just the switch line of business, and they all count them. It it, it will get there in ten years or so, but um, or, or even faster. So PS2
1: lasted ten years. Yeah, yeah people yeah. were still playing. Yep. Certainly in Japan, people were still playing it in 2010. So yes, but if
2: they if Nintendo releases a Switch Two, that as far as this kind of means of counting goes, it would be a new console, and it wouldn't add to the Switch sales. So that that's the big right. question it's it's semantics and how you categorize machines yeah. really right
3: yeah I, I don't see the ps2 ever getting dethroned until either the population is much higher or there's a much bigger <laughs> percentage of the population that's
2: playing it just when cause. the aliens show yeah. themselves and yeah. we, we sell them on that's right yeah. Fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah people don't really remember it or understand now but the, a dvd was such an, a huge oh, thing yeah back like we had always, you know, we would had VHS yep. tapes up to that. And I remember just being blown away. I was like, I can pick whatever scene from the movie. I don't have to rewind it when I'm done. My God. I can watch the the, the, the director's commentary on Clerks. Yeah. This is, this is mind-blowing technology. So DVD was such a big deal. And the fact that PlayStation 2 built that in, like, absolutely helped not only DVD get adopted, but it helped the PlayStation 2 be at where it's probably never but, going to.
2: But... PlayStation what? 2 did not have built-in hardware iteration and replacement like Correct. the Switch does, right? I'm sitting here with my brand new Pokemon Joy-Con, of course, and I uh, have a Pokemon Switch at home. I don't want to transfer all that stuff. Uh, but um, you know, I, I upgraded to the OLED, and you know, when people love the Switch and have the software installed, it's a much easier upsell to the next Switch yeah. level up. And you know, maybe they'll be able to convert half of existing Switch users to the Switch three or OLED two, whatever it's gonna be, or pro. It'll probably be the two
3: though. I don't know if you'll get it categorized separately, but we'll see. It's tough. Yeah, I mean I was in South Africa and 2016, and they were they still had PS2s. Mm-hmm. Wow, they used oh, that wow. as a DVD player. A lot of people, so yeah. I, I just I mean, it's it, it's kind of an unfair comparison because it's okay. almost selling a different product. They were, I mean, they bought it for the DVD player,
2: obviously. Yeah, but, things have changed so much. Yeah,
1: my recollection okay. is that the PS2 had a laser problem, misaligned laser problem, so a lot of people were having to buy new Mm. ps2s to account Mm, for it and then they also released the slim ps2 (laughs) which was also a good reason to upgrade so
2: yeah i don't but i don't it's not a clear upgrade path like you have you know like apple basically created this problem for everybody that you feel like you need the next iphone and when you get it and you're like oh yeah it's it's faster but the experience is not fundamentally different right and i think nintendo likes that model so
1: Talking about the the new Nintendo Switch, um, they haven't released the fully translated comments yet, but there have been some early, uh, early translated. Interview from the shareholders with Shigeru Miyamoto, and somebody was asking Miyamoto about backwards compatibility, mm-hmm. and he said, "I believe in forwards compatibility. I'm, look- <laughs> I'm looking ahead to the future, basically." Uh, which, which, you, which a lot of people are kind of looking mm. between the, trying to read between the lines to see if whatever the next yeah. console ends up being is mm. kind of a, well support backwards compatibility because that's it's a big hot button issue. Yeah, I. We'll, we'll see um, my, my own feeling is that of course Miyamoto is always thinking ahead you know trying to think ahead rather than behind but mm-hmm. it, it was an interesting thing that got some discourse going
2: it's, I mean I've covered Nintendo for almost 30 years or something like that and like it's, it's these answers from Miyamoto if you go back in time you'll find them everywhere it's like what are you thinking about it's like hmm maybe I'm gardening right now it's like, <laughs> and then like, five years later you're like Pikmin.
0: <laughs>
1: like,
2: okay. What's
1: your yeah. hobby these days, Miyamoto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that kind of brings me to my question that I wanted to pose to the panel. Um, you know, it's been over five years since the switch came out. It's definitely starting to show its age. But I'm wondering, is the success of the Switch, you know, 114 million consoles, fifth best best selling console of all time, is that kind of its own making it its own worst enemy? And I bring it for an example, like Grand Theft Auto five, that game just kept selling and everyone was getting so mad because it took forever for them to finally announce that they were making Grand Theft Auto six is Nintendo switch sort of almost not a, a victim, but for lack of a better word, a victim of its own success is the success of the switch. The reason we don't have a switch pro or a switch well first of
1: all rockstar is definitely the person crying into the money meme (laughs) (laughs) so and i think nintendo is the same way yes and i've said before that i still love the nintendo switch and yes like with a lot of third-party games they're pretty blurry at this point no Mm -hmm. denying it at all but switch is five years old at this point a lot of consoles last that long we're gonna get breath of the wild 2 next year it's probably gonna look amazing and I s- still play my Switch a lot and have a lot of great experiences on it.
2: I think it's definitely, look, as long as the hardware is selling, companies are not as motivated to iterate and release really something new. Right. That said, Nintendo already did twice, right? There was a slight battery life upgrade unit. There was the OLED. So they are replacing, but they're cautious about what they put in those machines. And that's because of chip shortages, right? The yeah. pandemic really threw um, the market out of whack in that things are things were in high demand which meant they were more expensive i mean tried to buy a pc yeah. graphics card right
0: well and so that's it is, why the yeah. uh, genesis mini 2 is only available from amazon japan because the ship sh- the chip shortage is limited how many they could make yep so. there you go and and so
2: that's the the a little bit of the reality behind it is like yes It was successful and it's selling. And you know the reason you don't have a new Mario Kart is because people keep buying the
0: old Mario Kart, right? Ah, that's yeah. Fifty million Mario Kart Eight Deluxe has been sold, so almost one for every. It's an attach rate of almost fifty percent.
1: I think they wanted to release the Switch Pro last year. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many rumors of it and chip shortages happening, and like, did the Switch OLED actually get rid of the new processor at the Mm -hmm. last possible minute? Yep. Who knows? But. I think that Nintendo really struck gold in so many ways with the Nintendo Switch. I mean, we were just looking at Cuphead on uh, the B-roll. Cuphead looks really, really good
0: mm-hmm. on yeah, the
1: Nintendo Switch. Game. It's comparable to a lot of mobile experiences. It, while the top end of graphics can have continued to move up, the middle has remained somewhat static. And I think that's been to the benefit of the Nintendo Switch. It's so I just don't think middles. Nintendo is feeling any pressure to roll out uh, a successor. I think that's right. Right. Yeah, and I, th- I think
3: that uh, it now, in the state of the, you know, <clears throat> presumably the global economy, that Nintendo's probably feeling pretty good about the fact that they have a super affordable option that... I, I, you know, it, it's it's a, a little tone deaf to release something like you know the PSVR two, it's six hundred dollars in, in this day and age and that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. So I, I think they're kind of looking at it as we're the consumer friendly, family friendly option that you can take with you. And I, sure. I honestly, at this stage in the game, I like their positioning a lot, and I think I, I would if I were uh, Nintendo feel pretty good about it. So,
0: yeah. They're, uh, they kind of know what they're doing. That's why they always had the old processors in every, you know, the, uh, NES that's behind me has what? The six Motorola 68,000, I think, which is a, a processor from the 1970s. And they put that in the Game Boy as well. So, yeah. Nintendo, I mean, here's my thing. Here's, here's my personal worry. I am starting to get a little terrified that the sequel to Breath of the Wild is going going to suffer performance issues um on the nintendo switch unless they keep it pretty close to what the original was which would also be a bummer so i don't know um didn't the original
1: performance issues too
0: it did but only
2: because it went so crazy with like lightning attacks and things oh yeah when it had like big groups of enemies and lightning hit then it got pretty gnarly but um generally it ran it ran well and it pushed a lot of geometry and a lot of distance and all that
1: i wonder if uh some of the delays are because they're trying to optimize performance and get it to a point where it has a nintendo polish yeah as it were
0: Um, yeah i'm very worried i hope you're wrong you, I, we'll see I, I hope i'm wrong yeah. too good this is lord they're they're not gonna screw this one out
3: yeah like breath of the wild uh almost i, I still think it's probably the best performing switch game i've played yeah. i mean yeah. it, like the people who worked on that game are magicians because they make the switch do things that it should not be 100%. able to do and so if anyone can prove that hey we don't
2: need a switch pro i think it's that
3: <laughs> that studio right. so we'll see also
2: you know nintendo tokyo look at super mario odyssey and I uh, just playing modern like modern yeah. Switch games. I'm always like, man, Odyssey looks so much better. Like you yeah. go back, and there, there were some some levels that weren't as successful, but you know the the desert level is just gorgeous. It's so variable. Yeah. It yeah. really
1: depends on how yeah. good a programmer you are, yeah. how you can deal with that processor and everything. There was also um, a couple of interesting items. Uh, from uh, the, the earnings, including Animal Crossing New Horizons is now the best-selling game of all time in Japan, surpassing yeah, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. Damn. That's amazing. Um, yes. And also, wow. Kirby and Forgotten Land is now the best-selling Kirby game of all time.
2: Great game. That's, that's excellent. Deservedly so. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Pear, this is some news that you helped contribute to. 77 million amiibo. No. <laughs> and you own. And they're I all $7 million.
3: They were all ordered purchases. I
2: totally forgot there's a, a set of three Splatoon amiibo coming out and like now they're hard to get. And uh, I totally forgot to pre-order them. Somebody mentioned amiibo on Twitter. I'm uh, like, oh crap! And uh, yeah, I ordered them from Games, Pear, games. I actually What is the best in... amiibo?
1: Ooh! I have an answer.
2: Tell me which one you like. That's hard. It's hard. I have so I, many children.
1: I actually really love the Link's Awakening amiibo. Okay, uh, the, the little, little plastic
2: shiny one. Yeah. It's quite
1: simple, but yeah, I it looks great on the shelf. Um, yeah. you know, really distinctive. I-
2: I mean, I would say the newer the Amiibo usually, the, the better they look. Like, Min Min looks really awesomely detailed now, right? Like So some of the recent ones, I think the Splatoon Amiibo are really, really cool too. The Like the quality of the paint, the way the actual paint looks uh, are really cool. Um, I'll have to think about that, but um, I have so many. The Skyward Sword one with the bird. Yep. Yeah, the loft that wing. one is really nice. too. That's I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I mean all of the. I really like the Samus ones. The uh, the the one really? that came out with uh, uh, with um, uh, Metroid uh, Dread looked really good. The Samus Returns one looks really good. It's just yeah. it's easier to do like shiny armor and small figurines than like skin tone and all. The that. The Fire Emblem ones are kind of the worst. Yeah, some of them aren't great. No, the the first wave <laughs> with the, the weird stands are bad. Where they had oh, those yeah. transparent stands because they wanted to replicate the Smash Brothers poses. That's enough Amiibo talk. People no, haven't never heard enough. about Amiibo for years. Never <laughs> what
0: are you talking about? Yeah. Like 77 yeah. million people have. 77 mm-hmm. ever? Actually, no, speaking of
2: one.
3: financial reports, I don't know if you saw this, Seth, but uh, when Nintendo was given their financial report, they had the pie graph of all the people they've sold Amiibos to. And uh, <laughs> Per Schneider got his own. I'm like, own. oh,
0: yeah, he's, on there. Yeah. 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 he's like two yeah. percent.
2: Yeah. yeah, he's like his own. And Joy Con, I'm about half, <laughs> half, <laughs> the, <laughs> chart. half the chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: they didn't, they don't think they listed the uh, the Joy Con numbers, but they'll just mm. probably be calling you up to get a head count. No, because they bundle <laughs> them with damn consoles. <laughs> awesome. You, it, you don't have every amiibo, but you do have every Joy Con. Is that correct?
2: No, I do have every amiibo. You uh, do have every for
0: it. They, That's the, attainable.
2: No, yeah, yeah. They they did the special edition, um, the the prize ones. You know, the the gold painted ones for for some yes. of the um. Oh, those don't count. Yeah, yeah. they did it for Monster Hunter Two, and then obviously they're the, the Labo Joy-Con. They were content uh, contest prizes. Well, I don't have those, but I do have oh, okay. some of the All rare, way. the other rare ones. Anything you can buy. I'm not gonna like gonna spend ask, crazy have dollars you paid, eBay.
0: Have you paid more than no. uh MSRP for any of your amiibo? Mm,
2: yeah, because I imported some from Japan because it was oh, sure. some of the uh retailer exclusives were just so stupid. I'm like, fine, I'll pay twenty bucks extra and get it from Japan. <laughs> yeah. look, it's I'm I'm too old to spend hours chasing a little monkey figure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well there you have it if you Burr. want to see a complete collection of amiibo you can either go to <laughs> pear's house yeah. or you can go to the nintendo store in new york both places have the complete collection of amiibo so well nintendo had a very successful financial year and i think that's probably going to go forward in 2023 especially with the legend of zelda coming out but uh feeling big things for 2023 for nintendo but i'm kind of interested see what the panel thinks. Is 2023 another... I was going to say, is it Nintendo's year or is it another Nintendo year I think would be more appropriate? Well... I
1: I think it's going to be humongous. I think it'll be
0: big
2: too.
1: Any year that you get a Breath of the Wild or a Zelda, like a major Zelda, that's huge. It's going to be enormous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, lest you forget, the year that Breath of the Wild came out was a big one. That was... Yeah, that was the, the Nintendo uh, year. So I think this is the Nintendo year so the too.
1: Zelda. Mario one, two punch kickstarted
0: the yep. switch. Oh
2: man. It did. Breath of the year.
0: wild is the most trafficked, uh, article in IGN history. Since we changed our analytics. I only know that mm-hmm. because I wrote the number two of all time, which was when the PlayStation five pre-orders mm-hmm. were announced, so <laughs> no, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make sure the engineers know to harden up the servers when that uh, review goes live, cause it will almost certain <laughs> the God of war god of uh, war actually fake. crashed the site minute, it did, and,
2: did yeah. cr- crash the site but that's because we were bozos we had some other issues at the time
0: oh ah, wow well, the the biggest review i can remember is the red dead redemption 2 one and as far as like just people going absolutely bananas for it on, on traffic and that was probably gonna pale in comparison to oh
2: wow, you think so. so yeah no, I, mean, I think zelda will Go crazy. Yeah. You know, I have a yeah. new IGN
3: goal. Crash the servers. Yeah. That's my, yeah. <laughs> it's usually
2: we're ready for it. For God of War, we, we just screwed up. Yeah. yeah. We usually bolster.
0: It's a it's a scary moment when something doesn't go wrong in an important time like mm-hmm. that. But all right. Enough about Nintendo financials. I'm going to close up the, uh, the ledger. We're going to move on. We're going to open up question block. Wow. And I have a little, not a prepared statement for this one, but I really liked... <laughs> Casey Crossan, which, by the way, great alliterative name, I like that a lot, Superhero asks, what games stand out to you as having done a good or a poor job of explaining how they work? For example, the Great Plateau area of Breath of the Wild is praised as an excellent sandbox tutorial for the rest of the game, while the constant alerts, reminders, and similar in the original Skyward Sword were seen as points of frustration, at least that's what Casey believes. I almost pitched this as a feature, but I wasn't able to find the time Hmm. to write a feature because it's almost Black Friday season. But I got to thinking about this when I was playing God of War because the opening of God of War, and I don't think it's spoilers to talk about the first 10 minutes, when compared to a game like Breath of the Wild or a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, just didn't do it for me. The second you step out of that little tomb, that cave in Breath of the Wild, you know everything that you need to know about the game. It's expansive. It's the high rule that you've always mm-hmm. imagined. And then you are, you know, of course, moving along and you're learning about how to play the game. Um, Red Dead Redemption, the same thing. You learn all about this group, their motivations, uh, why they're where they're at. You're learning how to play the game. You have that first like shootout with the, um, the rival family whose name I can't remember. So now you know how to horses you know how to shoot guns you know everything you need to, need to know about that game it's opening um from how to play it to how the story is going to be god of war it opens and there's a movie with some quick time events that you have to smash a button and it turns out if you don't smash that button it doesn't make any difference whatsoever so that's my biggest criticism of uh god of the war is a uh, god of war as far as in regards to this question it fails to tell you what it's about as a game and kind of as a story in the opening whereas something like breath of the wild just in two seconds you i mean i got i still remember the feeling of walking out and seeing that the first time it's like one of the greatest moments in all of gaming and you get to it in what five minutes so um yeah i think a great example red dead redemption 2 Breath of the Wild, I think a poor example. God of War, there's no reason why uh, it needed to have quick time events. It could have either just been a cutscene, or you know, or a gameplay segment, but it didn't feel right to me. So there, there it is. Anyone else have?
1: Seth talked for so long that I forgot what the actual question was.
2: The question was:
0: What games have done a good job or a poor job of explaining how they? work
2: i got some i mean breath of the wild is really yeah. i think the gold standard because it's enven- the, it's environmental design that teaches you and like you explore and learn at your own pace and you experiment and like there really aren't a lot of games that do it that well um n- nintendo in its past like if you go back they they did a wonderful world they, they did a wonderful job with even with their platformers to explain how certain things work sometimes by even like whenever you have a place in an old Mario game where there's a daring jump or something where you're not quite sure how it works, there'll be an extra life mushroom or something, right? Where you go like, oh, okay, I can experiment here without risk of actually losing a life. And like that sort of stuff was always really smart and it started to become the language of of those games. Instead of punishing you with a death, it kind of like taught you and, and gave you an out. Um, I think... Nintendo has always been really good with onboarding. Sometimes Rare hasn't been. Star Fox Adventures, famously, you walk around and every time you pick something up, he's like, boom, 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 and he holds up some, like, spinning orb of something. And it has to tell you what the hell that orb is. And, like, the moment you have to describe what the freaking Apple does, I feel like you're already not doing the job right. And I, I was really disappointed with that game and how you know it just introduced lots of collectibles that weren't really important and I think that's very that's very dangerous and I will say Xenoblade is like that. Yep.
3: That was literally the one I was going to
2: use. Even the (laughs) the new one, which a lot of fans are pointing towards being like the best one when it comes to onboarding it. Still like 30 hours into the game, I'm like, okay, I got to go to the tutorial because I got to remember these two. Like if these two characters are stacked behind each other, is that a good thing, right? Like it's still, there's so many layers and I think RPGs struggle with that in general that... They Sometimes keep introducing mechanics. Sometimes because also the elements and the, the the names and everything is invented, and you don't have this crutch like you used to with, like, fire beats water, electricity right, yeah. beats, uh, you know, is it strong against water, like that sort of stuff, or water beats fire, whatever it is.
3: Yeah, uh, Z- yeah. Xenoblade is actually so bad. They have tutorials <laughs> after you beat the game. Oh wow! They continue to have tutorials. <laughs> there's there's post game tutorials because the new game plus introduces new mechanics it, and it it's literally it calls
2: to, you at night on your phones like Did you know? Yeah, I mean you if you could've. if you've
3: ever read a review from me, you probably know that I hate tutorials. It's like my least Thing. favorite part of games. It, it, the best tutorial is no tutorial. So mm-hmm. for me, highlights. I think platformers do it really well. Super Meat Boy is probably one of my favorite tutorials because they basically mm. don't have one. They just yep. they just every level you have to learn something in order to beat it, and so uh celeste is also really good at that the way that they teach you to do it uh and the games that do it terribly are like most of them like pretty much every ubisoft game assassin's creed you to get tutorials in the 12th chapter stuff like that
1: pokemon actually
3: pokemon also pretty bad it Uh, used to
1: be pretty accessible but now you have to go to pokemon school with every single one and you're like yeah yeah okay i know how to catch the pokemon but actually, I think in terms of RPGs, the gold standard is maybe Witcher 3, which introduced the White Orchard concept of, That's here's right. a little sandbox, mm-hmm, we're going to teach mm-hmm. you a few things, right. uh, we're going to give you a little quest, you're going to fight a monster, you're going to have a good time, you're getting introduced to Geralt and some of Geralt's friends, and then you go into the wider world.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great example. I know a yeah. lot of
1: devs uh, study White Orchard still as like an idea, of how to properly approach open world game design
2: yeah and and yeah you had your first boss fight in there as well and um, I, I do like games, and, and I can't fall. Like, I like. I'm a big fan of Ubisoft's open world games. Usually, and I do like games that expand over time. Where in the beginning they don't throw every game system at you, and so you don't have to worry about you know how to steer the ships so or use the cannons and all of that. And like it unlocks as you get farther in, and then by the twentieth hour, you're like a master of all these these systems. And I do love that progression. But it is kind of funny that nowadays you still start a new game and like you're running forward in this corridor and it goes like hold down the left stick to run and then you get to a freaking fallen tree every time and it's like hit B to crouch you yeah. know, or hit B to jump over and it's like and we we still, the
1: game stops and do, it's showing it uh, on, showing the text you, on the screen. You guys yeah. ever do we play still
2: a, need to do that. Just, yeah.
3: Yeah. Do you guys ever play yeah. a Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon? That tutorial yes. level yeah, where yeah. it just makes fun of tutorials yeah, and yeah, yeah. just like it stops you like 15 times in a row to tell you stupid stuff you already <laughs> yeah. know. Like, I kind of figured that after that, tutorials would maybe die and yeah. they haven't at all. So, but,
2: but yeah. In general, I think Nintendo is, is, is really good at onboarding you, but, you know, Skyward Sword in certain games, like, uh, also pause things in order to explain what something was and it really didn't matter and like you wouldn't remember what the 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 poopoo fruit was gonna do later on right like it didn't (laughs) matter let me figure it out when i'm using it as a currency or actually when it has an application and that was i love rare games rare at its worst tossed all these things at you uh, and explained what they were rather than like showing you and letting you use them
1: the original mario Brothers is a really famous example of how to properly onboard players mm-hmm. with a level one one. And that's another level that game design school schools will study intensively because every single aspect of it from meeting the first Goomba to the placement of the, the boxes to, oh, oh here's yeah. where the pipe is that you can go down is there to teach players, give t- players the tools that they need for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, that like the first second get blood like, mario's up here. on yeah. <laughs> this side of the screen and he's facing you know the other so you know that that's the way that mario walks <laughs> that's the way that the the the, the, the scrolling is going to be the entire game but one of the things that i have an issue with with complex tutorials is i, I get i start to get anxiety yeah that i'm yeah. gonna like forget how to do something which has happened in games i can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head although in dragon quest nine on the ds i made it significantly far in that game before i knew that you could recruit other people into your party so um i was highly highly overleveled and then mm-hmm. finally found out oh no you, you you do get to add other people this isn't just a <laughs> single experience but that's like my biggest fear is that i'm just gonna forget how to do something you know 30 hours into the game or or this?
1: you're like where where am i who are these people I'm like
2: and, what and that's so that's where i have to again like ubisoft's done a great job with that when you stop playing assassin's creed and you go back in it will go like oh do you remember that you can do this move when your meter is full like they they are they actually have systems designed to onboard you when you haven't played for a while which i think is really clever i do want to give a yeah. shout out of course to the best game of the year so far which is tunic which plays around with onboarding to the point where it's obtuse on purpose, right? That yes. entire game is designed it around works, though. having a manual in the game that you cannot read. It's written in a foreign language. And so it plays That's around so with the expectations of what a manual actually does for you. And like when you start to figure it out, it makes you feel so good.
0: Yeah. That's cool. I need to finish weeks. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also need to, to go back and finish it. I also... Excuse me. Um, you know, I started Persona Five, and that's another game that does oh, a really good job. I hate their stories. Of...
1: Persona Five Royal has a great opening, though.
0: It does. It's that, cool. That's what I was gonna say. It has a great Royal opening as far tweaked. as like setting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. The original bugged me a lot with the cat telling you what to do constantly. Go to you sleep. That's the thing, right?
2: You yeah. kind of want to break out of that loop. I'm, you're like, I want to explore, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't mm-hmm. want the day to end. And it's like not clear how the systems work, and it was super frustrating. Yeah. And like you have to get past that where the game opens up. But um I'm not that yeah. far into Royal, but I hear they fixed a lot of that yeah. stuff, so I'm super excited
3: to replay. Mm-hmm.
0: What are you playing it on? Switch? Xbox
3: actually because it's on
0: Game Pass, so I don't have to rebuy it. Yeah, I know I'm an idiot. I bought it. I spent the Uh sixty dollars just so I can have it on Switch. But it looks really good on OLED. Doesn't perform probably as well. I got a.
1: I mean, it's fine. It's thirty FPS. It's basically a visual novel. I got it on PC so I could play on Steam Deck, and it's smart. Looks really good on that too if you tweak it a little bit.
0: So nice, good game. Royal is so good. It is. I need to get back into it. Finally it. an incredible Uh, RPG. It is. Yes. That's what everyone has told me for years and years, and I'm putting it. <laughs> when you see the footage, you'll probably go like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, it's very true. silly. <laughs> that's what I, I love. Games that just revel in like, you know, if you're gonna make a game that's based on an anime aesthetic, just go full, full anime. Yes. Like, it's
1: just gorgeous. It bananas. is a beautiful game.
0: Yeah, it's like in uh, House of the Dragon, the 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 middle prince with the eye patch is a, a, an Not anime character. Full anime, but you yeah, know, a TV yeah. show. So. Mm -hmm. All right, another question. This one's from Edward Fearon from Milbin, Australia. He asks, the Switch just recently... Oh, yeah, we already know this. When considering its success, shouldn't we be comparing the combined sales figures for other systems within a generation, meaning uh, 3DS and uh, Wii, for example, Wii and DS, rather, uh, given the quote-unquote loss of a second hardware revenue stream? If the DS and Wii were a combined system, that fantasy machine's sales would be 250 million units. Edward wonders if the decision to combine systems at this point was a financially fruitful decision pair. You had something to say on this subject using facts, because I just had some, some cockamamie. You were going to make something
2: up. I was like, no, let's actually pull the numbers. So I, I pulled pulled the financial numbers. So we got to make the distinction between unit sales, right? Which is, publishers uh console manufacturers like to brag about install bases except for xbox they never actually announce the numbers (laughs) i wonder why um uh you know wonderful machine and it's selling well but not as well as the playstation and the switch and so they're they're a little quieter about it and traditionally they haven't been very forthcoming with numbers but there's unit sales which are great for bragging rights um and then there's there's the financial information right how much money are you actually making Right. And there are multiple things you can be looking at. And so your question is, it w- maybe wasn't it better for Nintendo when they had two horses in the race, they had multiple machines, a home console and a handheld device. So if we go back to the heyday of kind of the, you know, Nintendo's earnings and Nintendo had some lows, obviously, um, you know, GameCube mm-hmm. era, they, they lost a lot of uh, uh, market share. And then they came back with a vengeance with DS and the Wii. So if you go to 2009, Nintendo made $18.3 billion, right?
0: is that revenue or... that
2: that is revenue so that's all the money that comes in for buying their games and their hardware and now remember hardware has a slimmer margin of profit right yes. because there's revenue r d's manufacturing marketing when you have two horses in the race you have to market two horses right you have to distribute two things you have to manufacture two different things in two different places you have to make different games for the two machines and so forth right and so your install base isn't the combination it's unique for each one of them and so The money they kept, and we're not going to look at EBITDA, which, uh, you know, most companies measure their their success on, and obviously shareholders do. We're just going to look at the actual profit of the $18.3 billion. Nintendo made $7.9 billion profit back in 2009. So now we go to today and, um, you know. Nintendo made, hold on, where is my thing here? Nintendo made, 2022 through end of March, made $15 billion. So less than they made during the Wii and DS era, but they kept $8.4 billion. So they made more money by making less money, right? And that's, it's called COGS, cost of goods and services, right? Like the cost of producing things, marketing things, selling things. Is now lower because they can focus on the switch maybe they're more efficient maybe they don't have any many as many expenses they don't own as many development studios that might have cost a lot of money all of that nuance aside they're making more money right now um but you know like the the world has also changed right and so if you're saying could we go back could could it be even better if nintendo had a handheld and a console i'll again go back to the fact that the world has changed and everybody has a phone in their pocket, and so maybe having a standalone handheld line might not be the ticket But nowadays. That goes
1: back to the the second pillar thing mm-hmm. that we were talking about last week with should Nintendo release a VR headset? Yeah, I mean that might be your answer that, too. That's it. different. It's, it's not too niche though for Nintendo. It's
2: not a blue right. ocean. There are some big leaders there, like Meta, for example, um, and they they have some challenges in that market as well. As we've seen, they just yeah. laid off a, a lot of people. Um, No, but it's like there is... There sometimes is this other pillar. And sometimes for Nintendo, that's toys, right? Like Amiibo was a thing and made a lot of money and obviously millions of those have sold but also the micro consoles became a second pillar and I could imagine that there is another thing like that whether it's fitness devices which they've dabbled in or something that we haven't even thought or their subscription that's Mm -hmm. new to them their subscription service subscription is definitely another thing and like you could maybe there's a future where Nintendo games aren't just on Nintendo consoles they probably scoff at that right now because they they know that you bought a switch because you want Zelda and Mario and Pokemon and all of that but you know who's who's to say? Um, new pillar is amusement parks and movies. Right? That, oh, that's yeah. what I think it is. Mm. I do. Yes, that's, I think the Mario movie is going to make him a lot. Of it's going to make. Bank. I think it's yeah. Chris Pratt is their new pillar.
0: <laughs> yeah, Chris, <laughs> yeah, we he's go. his own column <laughs> on the uh, on the financial report. Yeah, yeah, per, This might surprise you, mm-hmm. but I was basically going to say everything that you said, perfect, just without the facts to to back it up. Um, I, I wanted to quickly point out to everyone that uh revenue is the money that you just get and profit is revenue minus the costs uh, of doing business minus the so, dollars yeah, you have to pay your little brother <laughs> exactly so a lot of times I, i'll see people like i'm blown away by some company's revenue but that's not a real fair uh, measure of their success because you could make 100 billion dollars but if you spent 999 or million of that to to get that you you're not doing Yeah,
2: something. and I don't I don't want to make this more boring than it has to be, but it's obviously Oh my no, this
0: is not boring when, to me. Like when, accounting was my favorite subject. When accounting companies are
2: is when a company's public and they're trading shares in the in the open market, right? They're beholden to its shareholders and a, a lot of their performance is directed oh, by 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 that as well. And by the way, Nintendo at its scale, I've said this before, Nintendo is almost like a bank. It is actually influenced greatly <laughs> by the ups and downs of, of the yen. And they have a lot of capital. They have a lot of um, uh, money in the bank. And so their their books are influenced by the ups and downs on the yen much more than you you know, you'd have with other companies, but yeah, the shareholders are really, the shareholders uh, are very important. And some companies can be very, very successful and have high shares, despite having crappy margins or not making a lot yeah. of money. Right. Like you'll see companies trade very highly who haven't made a dime in 10 years. And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's a complicated world out there. Nintendo always is seen as a very mature, very well-run business. And so it's a rock. I mean, they have had their up and ups and downs, but they're very revenue focused and famously yeah. they didn't want to sell hardware at a loss, right? Whereas everybody else was selling the console and saying we're gonna lose money on the console, we're gonna make all the money on on software. And Nintendo says said there's another way you can make money Why on not the both And gift. they just sold yeah. me another switch for 350 bucks, so clearly it works. <laughs> clearly it works. <sighs>
0: Uh, well, that was the Nintendo, Nintendo Financial Minute. So um, <laughs> I learned a lot. Final question from Ryan Gross. Ryan wants to know, with Thanksgiving around the corner, and this is obviously for U.S. people, do you have any video games you like to play with family or friends around this time or oh. any gaming traditions? Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering. Do you have any Travis what's your uh, what's your gaming tradition?
3: My go-to, well, Jackbox is obviously staple. Everybody's got to play good. that. That's a good one. One. Uh but my go-to is actually those um those horror games where everybody plays a different character, you know, the uh, they've been doing um like it was like Until Dawn was one of them and now they do like one every year basically. And the one this year is uh, Last year, it was House of Ashes. You guys know what games I'm talking about?
0: Oh, yes. yeah, I know exactly what yeah, you're talking
3: yeah. about. Uh, yes. I can't remember the name of the company. I'm blanking. But uh, those ones are great. You can just get it because because they don't need to be gamers, right? If you're around mm-hmm. people who just sort of like movies or whatever, and then you just go, hey, well, here's a movie where you can make decisions and mm-hmm. we can kind of see who dies and see who lives and that sort of thing. Those things are a blast to play with a group of people and just kind of passing around nice. the controller. Tried that. t- That's a t- 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 great t- idea. Yeah. yeah, they actually have a mode called uh, Movie Night Mode. And it's it's like you get, oh, one, you get one controller and you assign one character to every player and then it will stop the movie at certain points and say hand the controller to this person it's their turn right and then you can kind of see who survives the night and who doesn't so if you haven't experienced that like that's like a peak gaming experience for sure and that's awesome and you can play it with people who who aren't gamers so i I make like uh you know my 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 fiance's mom play with us and stuff you know that's lovely. yeah
2: what about you cat excellent
1: um well, I'm doing Friendsgiving this year, so we're going to be playing Smash Brothers. That's Ooh, that's a, yeah. that's a staple of the household, and we still play a lot of Smash Ultimate, and it's a lot of fun. It's a, just it's my favorite Switch game. I think it's one of my favorites oh, of wow. all time. Yeah, no, Great I, game. So, I love Smash Brothers Ultimate so much. It's incredible. Oh, I have a lot of mains actually. Um, but if you put a gun to my head and said you have to pick one, probably Toon Link. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I'm like turning. probably so... the most comfortable with. But I also just really enjoy winning with like Hero, Byleth, <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> nice. Trainer. Yeah. I'll just go each row and pick a different character and be like, oh, today I, I think uh, uh, Terry today, nice. you know. But um, when I'm with my parents, my parents are not big gamers anymore. They were a long time ago, but there was a time when they had a Wii and we would play a lot of Wii Sports so that nice. was uh, that was too. so wholesome a lot of golf a lot of um <laughs> bowling so nice.
2: for my for my family when my my daughter comes to visit we usually jump into a co-op game like sea of thieves or halo mm. with a, with the boys go co- where we're, we're a four-player team my, my wife doesn't really play games except when the extended yeah. family is here her mom her sister her brother we usually break out dr mario like uh, you know any classic four player version like dr mario 64 or mario party whatever the latest version is that everybody can play it's like the casual kind of nintendo games that are either puzzles or or party games always work um so we bring those out it's and then the use and then when everybody falls asleep it's just uh my brother-in-law and i are just trading like playing gran turismo and just trading <laughs> off the controller whenever we switch a race nice that'd be that's how the night ends ends usually how Do you play City. Sea of Thieves with your family because that's not split screen, right? You need four yeah, we s- have devices, four right? Xboxes, really? That.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow, that's
2: <luck>. We do. <laughs> and four subscribers, wow. unfortunately. Uh, look, I can always say it's my job, too, right? So <laughs> it's, it's a, a great m- game, exactly. My wife can't get mad, yeah. No, the kids, uh, the kids really love playing together Sea of Thieves, and it always starts, uh, and this is classic rare rare really this is a fantastic game uh really rare coming back um as as being a, a major force in development it's just so clever and so fun And it's about the misadventures more than the adventures. Like yes, somebody accidentally shoots themselves out of a cannon and then they (laughs) stranded and you have to get them back. My sons were playing the other night and I heard them yelling at like 2am. I'm like, what the hell is going on? they're like, there's a guy named Kevin on that ship and he doesn't know we're here. And it's like, it's just, it's these kind of fun open world experiences that, are only possible with online gaming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a good game. would be uh, nice to get something like this on the Switch someday. Oh, Kevin, what oh. a car! Yeah. They, they kept <laughs> on yelling Kevin at the poor guy. <laughs>
0: you know? Kevin, if you're out there, we're sorry. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Captain Kevin, he's mm-hmm. just trying to make his fortune on the high seas. It's like well, a guy in guess. a dinghy. Let's say that we haven't wanted to just set out there and sail and get pirated. It's yep. terrible. I, for... My Thanksgiving traditions, I tried to like make a point to play through the original Legend of Zelda mm. every mm. Thanksgiving, but I can't do that anymore because I have to work. Um, so I don't have a Thanksgiving video gaming tradition anymore, unless you count like bringing you the best in Black Friday deals from the world of Nintendo, Xbox, <laughs> Sony, PlayStation, and PC on IGN deals. Follow us at IGN deals on Twitter. Um, however... Over the holiday break, meaning like the Christmas break, New Year's, when we actually do have downtime and I'm not working, every year since I was, I don't know, like 10, that something awakens within me where I just want to play a turn-based RPG oh, uh, wow. that's just as about, you know, like <laughs> Final Fantasy six mm-hmm. or uh, Final Fantasy four. Sorry, I Before. had to remember because I... I remember when it was final fantasy two and final fantasy three, yep. but yeah, like when the days are short, I don't feel bad about playing a, a, a role playing game for 10 hours in a, in a stretch because who wants to go outside anyway? So I guess the closest thing I have to a Thanksgiving tradition is a Christmas tradition of playing <laughs> old school nice, RPGs. Just nice.
2: We should do another um, Switch co op, best Switch co op games for the holidays list. Mm. Um, It'd be good. There there are a lot of really good co op games on this machine Minecraft. Yeah. Evergreen. Yeah. Minecraft.
1: Secret best uh, co op game. The the game where um, you're trying to solve the pirate. The mystery to oh. solve the mystery. <gasps> yes! Yeah, the Obra
2: Din. Obra D- Obra yeah, you get
1: that game going on a Switch while everybody's sitting around oh, yeah. the room Same and they'll thing, be like yeah. pointing out and solving the mystery. It's a great conversation yeah. game.
2: Obra so, Din and it's- with a warm fire on in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. It's- and it's got so good
0: dithering style Macintosh graphics, which I am a big fan of. Oh, look at the dithering. Look at the dithering. That looks like a hyper card stack my uh, Macintosh classic god this oh, game was so good beautiful so good. game one of the so best much. games the past five years oh, for sure
2: amazing just so clever where it goes you don't you know well yeah
0: I know where we're going and that's home because I'm afraid we're out of time mm. so uh I wanted to thank everyone who oh wait let me try that again dear lord I redid the uh the outro before we go I have a few favors to ask if you're watching us on YouTube please leave us a like a nice comment if you're listening to us on a podcast app please leave us a review it helps us spread the good nvc word and we will be forever in your debt i want to thank our special guest travis travis where can people find you online
3: yeah you can follow me on twitter at tie and you can read all of my stuff on ign.com
0: heck yeah also i want to thank red for uh flipping switches there on the ones and twos most of all thanks to you for hanging out with us Remember, NBC is the only podcast where you can... Get get the the thing. thing.
1: Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues.